All right, ladies and gentlemen, on today's show, I have CEO of Recall Max, Jeff Versati. Now, this is actually Jeff's second time being on the podcast. Great to catch up. I really enjoy catching up with Jeff. Uh, he's got a great perspective on the dental industry, uh, again, through the, the, the view of, of Recall Max, and they're working with customers in the Canadian and U.S. market. So great conversation. I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you're interested, uh, Jeff's first podcast appearance was back in season four, episode two. I'll link that to the show notes, but right now, this is a conversation with Jeff Versati, CEO of Recall Max. This is the Co-Travel Podcast, and I'm Bob Piercy, bringing you conversations from professionals from in and around today's dental industry, exploring new and exciting topics that are affecting us all as we work to grow and succeed. My name is Bob Piercy. Let's hit the road. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? Good, man. Really good. Thanks so much for doing this again. Uh, uh, Jeff, the CEO of Recall Max. Um, you know, I, again, this has always been a company that I've you know, worked with uh, when I was in the dealer space and the rep space, something I really uh, was drawn to. Um, I've really respected what you guys have been doing over the years. And so, um, again, it's always just great to kind of catch up with you and kind of find out what's new and also get your perspective on the industry. You, know, you guys are talking to a lot of clinics, a lot of doctors in the U.S. now as well. And uh, I'm just kind of curious to know... Um, what are you seeing in the industry? What are your customers uh, talking to you about? And what's new with, uh, with Recall Max these days? Well, thanks, Bob. And likewise, feelings mutual. It's great to have another chat with you again. And I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Um, so what's new with Recall Max? We, um, as of late, since we last spoke, I, I think we're sort of approaching the marketplace with more of a holistic view of like how we can service dental practices. So you know, ever since COVID, I think there's been a lot of advancement in technology and a lot more apps hitting the space. And so I think what we're finding and what we're seeing both in Canada and the U.S. is that, you know, uh, owners are having to buy two and three and four apps to get to the same place. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we were aiming to do over the last, call it like 18 months or so, was just to start to fold in some other feature sets that make Recall Max a little bit more of an all-in-one solution. And so the latest stuff that we've rolled in um, would be our Genius Forms add-on. Um, that is uh, digital patient screenings with right back and doc drop. That's been uh, fairly successful for us, actually. We launched it September of last year, and we have just over a thousand of our clinics using it now. And so that's, those are digital forms being uploaded into the, the, the CRM of the dental practice? Exactly. So, yeah. you know, gone are the days. There's, there's quite a few um, independent companies that do this as well. But, you know, we really want to have like front desk having to avoid using like the good old fashioned paper form at when you check yourself in and you're waiting for your appointment. So these are things where you can screen yourself on your smartphone, drop that form back into Dentrix or Eagle or whatever you're using. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then some of the form elements will actually write back into the PM as well. And like you said, too, like, you know, there's other uh, other services in this space and they kind of do like they, they, they cherry pick little segments. You don't want to have the receptionist having three or four windows up trying to manage three or four apps. If you could do it all in one spot, it just again makes it more, a more streamlined, easier, easier workflow. That's just it. And that's yeah. kind of how we're thinking about it as well. What are some service offerings we can bring into the ecosystem that we can do at a very cost-effective price point yeah. and have people avoid, you know, buying, uh, again, like more than one app to get to the same place. And so that's kind of been our our focus over the last 18 months or so. Um, we're just about to launch at the end of February here, our new version of our enterprise dashboards. 
our VP of client success, uh, Leah. She okay. yep. was the main architect. You've met her before. Yeah, I know Leah very um, well. Yeah, no, I like yeah, Leah's yeah. awesome. So, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's really is. And uh, she constructed a, a new look for our enterprise customers. And so we're really excited to launch that at the end of February. And then, you know, as we look towards the summer, we're actually reskinning our interface um, and bringing a fresh look to our on-screen uh, toolbar. And we're going to include some elements of AI in that as well. You know, it's funny. AI is is, is huge right now. Um, I've had one conversation already touching on AI. I've got a couple of actually podcasts lined up for later, you know, in next couple of weeks or months. Uh, again, focusing on AI. Um, AI is everywhere in, well, just everywhere, period. And in dentistry is growing. And, you know, um, right now, you know, there's AI for um, designing restorations for single unit crowns and, and night guards and, and that is going to continue to expand. Um, obviously, there, you know, and and AI is also tricky too. And, and and I'm interested to hear your take on this because, you know, when, when we think of AI, we think of like Terminator Judgment Day, and we think of like you know this yeah. this world. But you know, there's a broad definition of what what defines or counts as AI for machine learning, and and really it's just fancy algorithms to actual like you know um, Chat GPT where you can say, hey, write me a, a script for this, and it, it'll 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 do that. So um, what type of AI are you guys trying to incorporate and what are you hoping it brings to the Recall Max platform? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I'm currently enrolled in a program at MIT that's focused on AI and machine learning for like executives. And so we touched on this before we went live, but I know just about enough of this to be dangerous. But I will say that um, it, how I perceive it and what we've learned so far is that AI is really truly only as good as the data set that you have. Right. Okay. And so, I mean, one of the things that there's a lot of companies in the space claiming to have AI and really at the end of the day, AI is just a, you know, a machine acting like a human machine learning is one level deeper where yeah. the, the, you know, the, the computer or the algorithm can learn from the data set and start to advance the way it um, represents data or like in the, the case of chat GPT, that's a, a large language model. And so, you know, it's just pulling from the infinite resources on the internet and able to put things together for, you know, people that are querying different things. But for us, I think, you know, long story short, the good news is we've been tracking the scheduling behavior and data of dental practices now for 13 years. And so our data set is like just a Goliath. <laughs> and so what, what it allows us to do as we move towards incorporating some AI functionality and machine learning functionality into our toolbar is that, you know, we can pull from a, a large data source. And so how, how we'd like to do it moving forward, and it's been designed, we're just sort of like moving towards development now, is we want our toolbar to be able to predict the likelihood of scheduling by patient behavior and also... And also look forward into the schedule itself. So for example, you could sign into our interface and it will look 30, 60 days out into the schedule and determine how many hygiene openings you have and how many restorative openings you have, which would dictate how much work is required, you know, in the actual interface itself. So that way it gives a little bit of a goal to the user versus, you know, just stabbing at working different areas of the software. But then furthermore, because we have the data set of these patients year over year over year, we're able to determine like likelihood of booking. So like did Bob, uh, you know, how many attempts did it take to get Bob to book last time? 
did he show up on time? Did he pay on time? Like, is he considered a more likely patient to come back to the practice? And so when we do that, not only can we direct users to different aspects of the software, but we can rank patients in likelihood of booking. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's kind of cool in that sense. It'll, it'll give people a little bit more direction there. Well, you know, um, <laughs> years ago in, in a previous life, um, I, was, uh, I was a scuba instructor down in Los Angeles. And um, we had little chart notes and we would, we'd write things. And so if, if you're, you're my student, I might, I might write, write rock star and yeah. I write rock star. So if you see it, you think I'm a rock star. What rock star told me is, as a scuba instructor is that you're a little rambunctious, little wild, little crazy. I got to keep my eye on you because you might do something, you know, nuts underwater and I need to, you know, just control you. Um, but yeah. And, and, you know, we, we, we always talk about too, like, you know, ranking your customers, your clients, your patients, you know, you, you know, who are your, your A's, who are your B's, your C's. And, uh, and, you know, what a great point, because, you know, when we think of it as people, we can only go back so many instances to recount to kind of formulate an, an opinion. And you might be a great person, but you're late. I might, so I might think, oh, Jeff's an A, but really your behavior dictated, which is tracked, like you say, in the, in the software shows that, Hey, you're actually a B you're a solid B because you know, you're, you are a little late and whatever else. And that, that, that formula, that's, that's very powerful. So again, it's a, it's a non-biased review of your behavior and performance as a patient for the practice. And it's yeah, yeah. you got it, man. And what we're trying to do is use data to predict outcome. Yeah. Right. And I think that is the essence of AI and machine learning. It's not to say that like certain patients won't get care. Like, you know, there, there's a careful conversation here. Absolutely. But, but I think, you know, when it comes to people that have limited amount of time for patient outreach and things like that, um, what we're aiming to do is just, by by learning from the data that we have, be able to predict that Bob would book more often than Jeff would. Yeah. Right? And so if if given the you know constriction or restraint of time, then I'm going to spend a little bit more time working the Bobs of the world, not the Jeffs of the world. Well, you know, I remember having conversations with doctors too, and I'd give this scenario, and and I, and I can't recall where this conversation came up, but the scenario is it's it's the end of the day on Friday, you know, it's four thirty, and two patients walk in. One patient is, you know, is, is always on time, always shows up, always pays cash, always accepts treatment, is great to the team. And the other patient is late, misses appointments, he always complains about price, is rude. I'm like, you as the doctor are going to treat both people, but which one do you treat now? And which one do you get, write a script for and say, come back on Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, and, exactly. And yeah, and, and, and again, and, and it's no different if you're running a clothing store or if you're running a, you know, an auto body shop or whatever, like, you know, we have the, those patients and you want to reward um, those that are, are great customers and patients, but also for, again, the clinical team, you're trying to make their time most effective communicating with which patients are going to fill the schedule. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. I'm... Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you currently have the chart AI on, on the site. So how is the, so what is that real quick? And how does that differ from what you're looking to incorporate in terms of AI in the future? Okay. Yeah. So great question. I mean, we chart AI is already out and um, that's a, a separate product we have. And it's really meant for like the practice that may not understand the opportunity that's sitting in their charts. You know, sometimes when we approach dental practices with our message that there, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in your charts, we get the odd owner or doctor that doesn't believe us. And so um, what we like to do with chart AI, it's basically um, a chart audit. And what we can do by plugging into the PM system is within 48 to 72 hours, we can turn around 
a, a very detailed report that actually breaks down the revenue opportunities using the practice's own data mm-hmm. in a couple of different areas. We look at the hygiene program. So how many patients are due and late for their hygiene needs today and could come back tomorrow? And what are they worth to you in your practice? Uh, we can attribute a you know a hygiene appointment value to that for you and calculate that. And then we break down the unscheduled treatment opportunity as well. And this is restorative recommendations that have been offered to patients that haven't booked them. And we track that back 12 months to give sort of a holistic view of what's available to fill the dentist chairs. And again, we put a, um, a dollar value to that as well. And then at the bottom of the chart AI report that we do, and this is, by the way, is like an on-screen sort of like web-based consultation. Um, we do a breakdown of the active patient base. So there's a misconception sometimes in um, in dental practices, the difference between like an active patient and an active patient. So <laughs> in dentists, right, you can, you can assign a patient active status, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've been to your practice within the last, call it one year, two years, three years, four years. And so sometimes we'll talk to owners and they'll say, well, I have 6,000 active patients. Like, why am I not busy? Right. And when we, when we run the chart AI, we can see, well, yes, but of those 6,000 active patients, only 2,000 have been in the building within the last 24 months. And so we like to give some insights there, uh, visit frequency, reach, and so forth. And so, you know, it's a, it's a great way for, in our sales process, for people to make a decision with their own data rather than relying on, you know, the word of a recall max account executive. Now to me, like being able to show those type of numbers to a a dental practice, you know, should be able to close the deal almost instantly. If you're giving insight into the practice like that, and and you're, you're showing, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, 10, hundred X more than the cost of recall max for a year, you know, like, like that should really, in, in my opinion, um, they, are, are, are people shocked and surprised when you're showing these, these numbers to offices? Yeah, they are. In fact, our average solo, um, practice, solo dentist practice, the average that we'll find is $750,000. And that's split between the restorative opportunity and the hygiene opportunity. You get into like multi-dentist locations and then group practices and, and then DSOs. And I mean, there's literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of patients that can come right. back. So I think the one of the larger misconceptions, if, if, if we're running around talking to dentists about, um, you know, what helps a practice grow, a lot of them focus on new patient acquisition. Right. That's not to say we don't do that. We have our, our rep max offering, but um, I think it is shocking that the, the absolute gold mine that practices are sitting on patients they've already earned patients that would be willing to come back with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a nudge. And, um, and so that's where we kind of focus our technology at the end of the day is the patients that you've already earned. I would say that's like 80% of what we do. Well, I I forget the multiple, but I've heard it, you know, throughout my entire career, not just in dentistry too, but again, it's always cheaper to reactivate or keep an existing patient than, than to find a new patient. And it's, it's like three, four, five X in regards to uh, maybe, maybe even more to, to get new people to come in the door than to get to, to keep what you have. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, um, it's there. What are you guys finding in regards to, um, taking those numbers of, of discovery? You came, you, there's $750,000 of, of un- undone dentistry in the average practice. Um, like 
now, okay, you found this, like now the next question is, okay, well, how do I, how do I, the doctor, you know, a, you know, activate that? How do I access that? Um, what are you guys doing to help close that gap for offices? Yeah. And I think that's kind of our secret sauce, right? There's a number of products in the space recall products that are really at the end of the day, automated messaging products. And, and we have that component in our offering as well, but it's not the only thing we do. It's actually quite shocking that those that are unscheduled, only one out of 10 will self-serve. So if I send Bob an email, hey, you're due, you're late, you're overdue for your hygiene appointment, 10% of the time you'll schedule yourself. So that 750 gram that's sitting in the charts of dental practices, 90% of that opportunity is missed if you're solely relying on an automated messaging service to go get it. And so our approach is to provide um, like a desktop interface. It sits on top of the PMS system and it guides the users through different workflows related to hygiene, unscheduled treatment, cancellation recovery, and so forth. But it, it's only targeting the patients that aren't self-serving through the automated messaging service. So I think we have a pretty comprehensive approach to practice growth because we don't just put all our eggs in the automated messaging basket. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and again, in, in, in past roles too, like we'd have, you know, um, reports that we could run to help show opportunities in dental practices and they're, they're great. But then the next thing is, okay, how do I fix this? And then, you know, we didn't have the tools to kind of go past that. Or if we did, it was anything we, we kind of created on our own. It was, it was pretty, pretty minuscule. Um, and, but again, so then you did this report for the doctor and you're basically saying, Kate, go fix it. And they need to bring in a third-party consultant or third-party, you know, some, somebody else to help them or hire more people or whatever the, the issue is. Uh, but being able to help them actually close that gap is... Um, well, and is yeah, you, you know, and sorry to interrupt, but you bring up another point, which is like our approach to dashboarding which is it's not just about the workflows at the front desk. It's also about the analytics at, that you can provide management to determine what the staff activity is. And I think that's the key, key, key thing here yeah. is that, you know, I think office managers in general have a pretty tough job because the reporting suites they have in native in their PMS systems don't report any sort of staff activity. Neither do a lot of the competitive products in the space. Um, they have, amazing analytics suites, but they don't tie the actions of individuals, like what they're doing at the front desk to the analytics that you're seeing. So mm -hmm. you sparked another thought for me here, because it's not just about the, the actual interface that we provide. We tie that interface to our dashboarding abilities so that as an office manager, I can see what Bob's doing daily if I want to related to hygiene output and unscheduled treatment and so forth. So I think that's, that's also key when you're trying to drive results, you need to have um, the ability to hold people accountable. And I think that's something that's, that's, you know, we aim to provide as well. And, you know, I, I've had conversations with offices about this. Um, and again, when you talk to the, the team, a lot of times the, the team are scared that the team are scared that, you know, they're going to be watched and monitored and they're going to, and, and the, the funny thing is, and even, even salespeople using things like, you know, Salesforce and other CRMs, like, oh, they just want to keep track. They're going to fire us and take all of our leads and our contacts or whatever. Um, but again, like question to you, team member, are you good at your job? Yes. Yes, I'm good. Okay, great. Don't you want to know and be able to show that you're good at your job? And here's tangible. So when you go in and say, hey, you know, doctor, I want to raise. Well, hey, why should I pay you more to do the job you're doing? Well, hey, look, here's my numbers. I, I my, 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 my booking ratios. My, my call numbers, my, my success, here's the metrics I'm showing my performance. So 
and again, you know, I, I've been in sales my entire career. You know, you're obviously, you know, sales is, is, is what you guys are trying to do with Recall Max. Like we're paid on performance and, and your company grows with the performance of the company. Being able to tangibly show your performance um, is, is fantastic. And also know that, hey, when the office isn't performing well, you can say, look, it's not me. I've got, here's my numbers. I'm solid. So having that information, I think, is valuable. Of course, none of us want to feel like we're being watched or managed or micromanaged. But, um, you know, if you actually turn your perspective on, on the value of that, the opportunity behind it, like, um, I think it's, I think it's so important. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, nowadays, and this is just one guy's opinion, but I feel <laughs> like, I, I feel like the word accountable and micromanaged have been like, you know, interchanged. And what I mean by that is like, if, if I'm able to see and like, to your point, encourage somebody's, um, uh, you know, output and measure it and congratulate that person and help them win and develop them as an employee. Like that's not micromanaging. Micromanaging, micromanaging to me is like sitting beside Bob next to his desk going like, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Pick up the phone, do this now, do that now. Providing analytics related to output isn't micromanagement. It's, it's holding people accountable to the, what we're paying them to do. And I think you said it earlier like most people come to work and they want to win. I think the only people that find the analytics off-putting from like a front desk perspective mm -hmm. are the ones that don't want to do the work to begin with. And I think that's the bigger problem, right? Like I think, you know, we want to, as office management and owners, hold people accountable to the roles that we've hired them for. And, and we want to provide them with the tools mm -hmm. to get those particular jobs or aspects of their job done as quickly and as easily as possible. So I'm with you. I think, uh, I think, you know, what's the, how, what is the saying? It's like, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And I think that's very true in any business, even outside of dentistry. Absolutely. Um, I've had this, there's, there's a stat I've heard years and years ago and I want, I've been meaning to go back and look it up and I'll, and I'll do that. Um, because it's coming up in this conversation here, but there's like, I think like a list of 13 reasons why an employee doesn't do what you want them to do. And only one of those reasons is because they are basically a terrible, bad person. And the majority of those reasons have to do with training, knowledge, you know, set expectations, understanding, like most of it actually, I'd say, I'm guessing here, but let, let's say half of it probably relies on you, the boss, the owner of the company, you know, setting training, you know, setting the person for success properly. And, and you not doing that is why they're not you know, performing the way you want them to. Only one reason is because, again, it's, it's a bad person. And, and again, if you're the business owner, you still kind of own responsibility in that because you hired them. Yeah. Um, no, so, you're, you're bang on. Yeah, no, this is cool. Now, one of the things that always attracted me to Recall Max was, again, your, your dashboard, the analytics. And whenever I hear of another company that is kind of entering the space or occup occupying this space or trying to, the thing I always ask is like, what do you offer for analytics, you know, on the back end to help the practice run? And very, very few um, have that. So I guess, like, you know, what are you guys focusing on the dashboard? You know, how is it growing? And, and is that still really a, a, a core uh, value tool that you guys bring to practices? Or, or is, is the business shifting in some way since I was more involved with it? Yeah, no, I, I think that we're kind of like a 50-50 split. Oftentimes when I'm like meeting with different um, executives, it's the, how I describe our business is that we're just as much a data company as we are like a workflow enhancement or practice productivity business. And, and I mean, so yes, we've continued to 
develop our dashboards, our approach related to understanding the information, um, how we can translate the information to our end users in a way that's a little bit more digestible. And so, you know, um, I would argue that, and, and that's kind of touches on the AI conversation that we had earlier. Like yeah. I think, I think the data that we've collected over the years is vitally important to our future um, because it allows us to predict outcome and, and scheduling behavior, but more so on a day-to-day, -day, it allows owners, office managers, DSOs to actually, you know, drive an impact change in their networks or practices. Where we want to shift to a little bit data-wise is we are going to move towards a little bit more on the sort of practice financial side of things. So right now we we primarily focus our data sets around, you know, again, the hygiene program, unscheduled treatment, cancellation recovery, uh, pre-appoints, things like that, which is, by the way, if you get these things on track, your practice is going to be doing very well. But, you know, I think dashboards 2.0, um, we're now looking at, because we're mapping the whole system, it's like we often get asked for like productivity by chair, productivity by provider, different things that um, to date we haven't folded into our dashboard environment. So I think that's kind of the future of our, our dashboard look is to start to pull in some of the financials. Okay. But as it sits today, you know, we're, we're focused more so on driving the different elements of the practice that tend to put butts in chairs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some great products out there. I, I would say that like there, there are some products that have deeper dashboards than we have for sure. Um, but I think the one thing that some of those products are missing is tying the activity of the front desk to those analytics. Cause you said it when we were talking about chart AI, if I sit down with an owner and say, pardon me and say, you know, your hygiene program could use some improvement. The next question you always get is, well, how would I fix that? <laughs> right. Yeah. And if I only have analytics, the answer is, well, go hire a consultant or something. Right. Because we're just reporting the data to you. Yeah. And so I think in what we've been able to provide, you know, we can say concretely, well, go do these things on this interface that we've created and that number will get better. Yeah. And yeah. so we're a little bit more grassroots, a little bit more tangible in our approach. Um, and so I think that's how we've been able to carve out a spot for ourselves. So I remember talking to doctors and talking to offices and, and the conversation it was different because if I'm talking to the person who owns the business, you know, talking about numbers and values is, is easy to do and comfortable and, and it's okay. The concern is if I take the same, you know, metric, a dollar, and I start talking to the clinical team, the, the business team, the front end team and saying, Hey, look, we're, you know, we're missing this many thousands of dollars of hygiene or this many thousands of dollars of, of, of treatment, you know, uh, you get some, you get some hands on hips and people are concerned that, you know, you're just here trying to, make money, you're being greedy. And, and, it, you know, so I found the conversation with the clinical team to be a lot better talking about, you know, lack of care being given, like, you know, instead of like, Hey, you know, we want a patient to come in every, every six months, correct? Yeah. That, that's, that's reasonable care. And so, but Hey, we're only doing it, you know, we're only achieving that 75% of the time or 65% of the time. So now you're talking about, you know, the care to the patient and, you know, in the end it, it results in dollar signs, but, you know, controlling that conversation, you know, changes how well it can be adopted and accepted by the team. I, I'm with you. And I think that's a great point. Like you don't want to overlook patient health in all of this. I think that's why we're all doing what we're doing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's an awesome point. I think, 
Um, and, and look, when you look at the, a dental practice in general, the different personas dictate the needs for certain things. So I'm with you as well. Like, yeah. you know, if we look at front desk, I mean, they're managing multi-million dollar businesses with nothing more than a scheduling platform. Right. <laughs> and so they're bringing a knife to a gunfight a lot of the times and they're stressed out and there's all sorts of things that they have to deal with. And so, you know, their needs more revolve around like, okay, how can I make my day easier? How can I get through things and actually win at work without yep. feeling super frustrated? Whereas when you shift the conversation more so to, let's say, a dentist, patient health and and what we're talking about now isn't, it's not that it's not a concern for the front desk, but this is, I think, where, why these people got into this particular uh, profession, right? And, and that's what they're committed to. And then office management kind of bridge a gap. Right. Where, you know, they're, they're, from my opinion, anyways, they're, you know, it's very difficult to run a practice um, with multiple staff yep. and not know what's going on and have that anxiety related to reporting to owners um, as to how the practice is performing. And so they kind of bridge a gap between, you know, the, the dentist and the front desk. You know, I've always I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for office managers because I really felt that they've been on an island um, in dentistry for for so many years, and I think they still are. And I'm sure things are, have changed um, since I've been as directly involved. But again, like you know, they can't talk to anybody. They're 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 talking to you know the, the team, but they also need to communicate back to the the, the owner and, and and vice versa. And then also too, like again, one of the most common questions I always got asked talking to doctors and talking, you know, is that like you know what are other people doing? Because doctors generally, you know, don't seem to talk or share much amongst themselves, um, and so you know, have these office managers that are kind of like, you know, again, either told or indirectly feel that they can't really share publicly because you know what happens if I spill a secret to the clinic down the street and also they take all our patients, they're really stuck in this, in this again, this tug of war, and um, I, I think any way we can give them tools to to be successful, to help grow, to kind of give them you know, resources to get the team on board, to communicate with the doctor and, and, and you say bridge that gap, I think um, is, 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 would be very important and very, um, I think any office manager would, would want to have that, that resource available. I agree. And that, that's uh, like, shout out to ADOM. I mean, that's, they're wildly successful in the United States for exactly what you're talking about. I'm sorry, ADOM? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So it's the American Association of Dental Office Managers. And so they have like, like they have chapters in almost every state office managers get together they talk about you know the, the things that they're struggling with they band together related to like making purchasing decisions related to certain things they have an annual conference they do podcasts they do all sorts of stuff um and and i think it scratches that itch that you're talking about it's funny in canada i haven't run into an organization that i, I know adom has a couple of chapters now in canada but um it's not as uh, as popular, if you will, as it is in the United States. Like, I mean, that organization down there is an absolute support network for office managers across That's the cool. United I'll definitely look into this. And for people listening right now, like, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for, for ADOM so you can go check it out after if you're listening. But yeah, that's, that's that. and again, that's, that's why I like doing this podcast. Because again, it's a great chance for me to learn about things like like this that, you know, I have no um, direct you know connection to. So this is this is fantastic. I appreciate that. Hey, no worries. Maybe we could persuade like Lori or Heather to get on with you here and, and talk about what they do. Cause you know, I, I think that they add a lot of value to the dental industry and they've been going strong now for, I mean, don't quote me on it, but it, it has to be well over a decade. And, 
And so yeah. they're, they're a good group of people for sure. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll, de- I'll definitely try reaching out to them as, as well. Now, one question, I'm always kind of curious about this, talking to people that, that are owning businesses, again, regardless of industry, you know, the, the idea comes up, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to start a company, and here's what I'm going to do. Here's the product I'm going to sell, the service I'm going to provide. And, and you go to market, and then, you know, and, and, and there's success, but then all of a sudden the market starts to, they either respond to things that you didn't expect them to respond to, or, and, and all of a sudden the businesses shift, and all of a sudden they, they kind of find where they really, you know, find the group. Like, for the services and stuff that you guys have brought to market so far, are there like particular offerings you have that you thought would be kind of a good idea that actually surprised you and how it was being accepted by the market? Whereas maybe you thought something else was going to be a rockstar service that honestly didn't land well, but, and so you've actually found surprises on what the market actually wants and needs. Yeah, always. Like, I mean, I think that's part of software development is that you try and listen to your customer base, survey them. What are they missing? What are they looking for? We also listen to our sales reps because they're, you know, the ones straight on the feet trying to get our software into different dental practices and they'll hear things. Well, if you had that, I would move your way. And so, I mean, in that vein, um, I guess of the latest two things we've launched, Reputation Max was the first one. And that's our Google partnered review engine to help practices get more Google reviews. I thought for sure that was going to be a monster because everywhere we were going it was like new patient acquisition that's what we're focused on and so forth and it's 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 it has sold through but it it hasn't clipped up to the um expectations that we thought like we thought oh this is just gonna you know complete the recall max story you know what i mean if we can help them acquire new patients and then have an application that keeps the those patients they earn coming back it seemed like a slam dunk and yeah i mean it's had uh so it, it it's been successful but not to the point where I thought it would be. Whereas right. conversely, like the genius forms things that we launched in the fall, you know, we were, we had an inclination that people would like forms and, you know, it was coming up in the odd demo and like within three months, 30% of our customer bases adopted it. So that one took off in a way that I thought, Oh, I, it, I didn't expect it. <laughs> and so, you know, it is, it's interesting. And that's, that's the kind of gift and the curse of developing software, because I mean, you're coordinating development efforts, you're, and, and these are costly development efforts. Yeah. And you're really trying to, you know, future proof your brand. I'm sure s- some of the listeners and yourself included, like, you know, if we've seen the documentary like Blackberry or, uh, you know, you watch these brands that and that's the anxiety of being in the space, which is like, you don't want to become and you don't want to become Kodak, you know, where <laughs> all of a sudden you're you thought you had it. Yeah, and, you know, you turn around and somebody like just shows up in the marketplace and destroys you. And so, um, you know, we've been very careful about that. I think I think the key to that is that you just have to be as agile as you can and 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 remove the ego from your brand. Like, you know, when people are asking for things rather than, well, you know, they don't need that. They don't understand. Let's keep bounding, pounding our uh, recall drum. You know, it's like, okay, well, no, let's start to fold in some of these feature sets so that we become, um, you know, relevant to the consumer today. And so yeah. I, it, it's fine, but it, it, yeah, it can be, you can, you can get a few gray hairs at times trying to figure it out for sure. I've got a good friend who's a, a dental consultant. She's in, in practice working with offices and and, and as she's growing her business, so she has her offerings and her services. And then she tells stories about how like, you know, a client would come to her early on and say, Hey, 
can you help me with this? And it's something she hasn't even considered. And she's like, yeah, you bet. Absolutely. Let's talk about this tomorrow. And she goes home, burns the midnight oil, kind of figuring it out. And then, yeah, and that, yeah. That, but that's, that's what it's like to, to own a business, to be an entrepreneur, to, to provide services. It's like, you know, do you do this? Yep, absolutely. And then let's go back and build it and, and, and bring it to the, to the market. So. For sure. And, and I mean, the best resource we have for that is truly those people that we have working front desks and managing dental practices because they're in the trenches, right? Yeah. And that was our origin story. I mean, our first iteration of what was Recall System Pro at the time um, was developed by working with dental teams for 20 years. And so we didn't really like... And Recall Maxer is a way better name. Just going to say that right yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say. Actually, <laughs> uh, this is like old, old school. But when we first, first, first came to market... We, our company name was Recall System Solutions with a product called Recall System Pro. So you can imagine people were calling us Recall Pro Solutions and Recall System Pro Solutions, and it was a big mess. So over time, we've managed to tighten up the brand. But uh, <laughs> well, like I, I think, um, I think listening to your user is the best way to develop software because they, even when we went to market, we put it our Recall System Pro at the time at um, in the hands of our uh, consultancy clients for 10 months. And they, the good news there is that they were like brutally honest with us. You know, I like that. I don't like this. And so it helped us sort of streamline the software. And since then, I think we've learned that we continue to survey our customer base. What do you, what do you wish you could do faster? Where are you stuck? What are the things that slow you down? And we can aim to sort of maybe develop some things that would make their lives easier. Now you you obviously Canadian based you know born and raised in 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 Calgary this is where this company grew up this, you know, I think you said seventeen years earlier um, you've been now operating in the U S for a couple of years um, yeah. you know people are always concerned not not concerned sir, but curious like you know, pro, you know differences between the U S the markets um, yeah. like what are you seeing in the U S market compared to the, the Canadian market um, is there um, and again people always talk about the U S market being you know three five ten years ahead of Canada in regards to adoption for dentistry like what are you seeing there that is challenging um, that you're learning from that you think is going to come to Canada? Like, like, what's your perspective on that now? Because most people don't have that perspective. Well, you know, I mean, it's funny because when I look at that market, like I don't feel like Canadians are adopting anything software wise at a slower pace. There's a little bit more competition down there in the sense that like, you know, there's a few more apps that we don't tend to see in Canada um, as often. Um, but ultimately, I think buying behavior is a little bit different. Right. I think, you know, in the States, I think they're quicker to say yes, but also quicker to move on to the next product. And uh, so we find you don't need like, I mean, I feel like sometimes in Canada, like some folks need like a clinical study before they'll sign on the dotted line. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like in the States, like, ah, here's my credit card. I'll give it a shot. But they aren't, they may not be as loyal um as as what we find here in Canada that said though like as we're measuring the you know the the stats over time we're not seeing too much of a difference in terms of churn or uh adoption of our software or anything like that but you know I mean for us it's kind of like uh, not starting over again but like it, it feels like a startup again because we we just made a play into the U.S. here coming on 18 months ago and it's deja vu all over again because, you know, now we have close to 3,000 practices in Canada, but we've just crested 1,000 in the U.S. And so, you know, and that's a market of, call it what, 110, 120,000 dental practices. So most people haven't heard of us yet. 
Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it feels like a, a startup all over again. Um, because you know, you're getting a lot of like, I've never heard of you before. Um, and so, you know, challenge accepted. I think that for us is the next uh, place for us to grow is, is the U S market. I, I think we're comfortable in Canada, but we're, we're looking to sort of make a name for ourselves down there now. And, um, and I'll keep you posted. I'll come back on, uh, once I have a bit more data for you in terms of like, how it's going down there and what we're seeing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I hope we, and I, I, yeah, it'd be great to have you on again, um, just to, to continue this conversation because I think it's it's nice to see how it, how it evolves. Um, and I, you know, again, things about business. You know, there's these lines, and I'm I'm paraphrasing and not getting the quote 100 right, but you know, if you, if you're something to everybody, you're you're nothing to any. You know, like you want to yeah. you want to pick a niche, and also too, like again, like you know, not being known by most people in the U S in that market, like, you know, for a company to be successful, you know, you don't need to be known by everybody. You need to have like your, your, your core followers. You need to, the the customers you really connect with and drive with that see your value that, that you're bringing. And, you know, you could have an extremely small percentage of the dental market in the U S um, or in any market and be wildly successful because those, you know, you are truly servicing the people that, that see the value in what you're servicing. So. No, you're right. And, and it, it isn't something that, I mean, yeah, to put that in perspective, even garnering 5% of the U.S. market would be, you know, call it five, 7,000 dental practices. And, and you know, there is universe, here's the good news. Practices north and south of the border have the same problems. You know what I mean? Like running a hygiene program, managing unscheduled treatment, cancellations, all the things that they deal with, it doesn't change because we cross borders. Uh, it So that's the good news for recall max is that i think your your average practice in north america suffers with the same uh things that they're trying to improve and so we're excited for the future i mean it's <laughs> it's like early days but we're really looking forward to spreading sort of our message and and what we're able to do in the us market and um you know uh we're optimistic but your home's in canada Homes in Canada. So we've got an office in our head office is in Calgary. We've got an office in Toronto and now we have an office in Lehigh, Utah. So okay. and yeah. in Utah, we've talked about this before. Just kind of, you know, Utah is like the Silicon Valley for dental companies. It is. And they call it the Silicon Slopes, actually, is now the name <laughs> of that area. And every single one, well, most of our competitors are headquartered there. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so you have been in was it 17 years at Recall System Max Pro Solutions has been <laughs> on, on the market? Is that is that right? Well, I, I'm 13 years in. So we came to market 13 years ago, but we uh, you know, we spent about 25 years prior to that working in dentistry. Right. So now we're like, I hate to say it, but we're like 38 years in dental, 13 years of that uh being in the SaaS space. And you know, and so so you're not the new kid on the block anymore. And, no. uh, and so just, again, I was doing a quick Google search last night before, you know, just kind of get ready for this call and get my mindset. And I typed in recall max and the number one Google sponsored result came back and it was number one recall max alternate alternative. Yes. And yeah. I know, I'm not going to list the company and, and you could go search it and Google it. And maybe it's the same company that I found. Maybe it'd be a different company, but you now have a target on your back. And yeah. how does that feel um, to be in the market and have other people comparing themselves to you and trying to justify you know, I'm sure they're competing on price. I'm sure they're trying to like, oh, we're, we're just as good as recall. Like, how is that? And how, what's your position and thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you know, I think it's a, like a form of flattery. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see because these are brands that are very well established in the U.S. market right now. And we've made enough noise to date to like garner their attention. 
and have them, you know, buy some Google AdWords against us. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of fun. You know, <laughs> they wouldn't do that if they didn't think we were somewhat of a threat to them. So right. um, I think, I think that's, you know, it, it's a compliment outside of the fact that they shouldn't be using our comp, our, our company name, Google uh, shouldn't allow that. But um, so, Hey, if Google's listening, Bob, you never know, maybe, maybe you can help me out. I have had downloads of this podcast in Europe, so you know. We, oh, so, there you so go. It is. It is within the the, the circumference of possibility that that you know Google CEO is uh, is listening to this. That's right. Uh, you you yourself. You're 50 podcasts deep already, man. Yeah, I forget the exact number, but I, I need to get more. But yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, and uh, your your flattery kind of threw me off there, but I I, <laughs> I, I know you got a, I got a you know hard exit here coming up. I really do appreciate your time. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of talk about? Mention. Well, we do have have you on on the call. No, you know what? I thought this was a great chat. And again, I thank you for inviting me on. And uh, yeah, happy to come on anytime you want to have a chat, man. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's do that. Um, again, for people listening, I will throw again uh, in, the, in the show notes, we'll have the, the ADOM link. We'll have the links for, for Jeff. Uh, I'll throw his LinkedIn profile there. I'll throw in the, obviously the, the Recall Max uh, profile as well. So please check that out. Um, but hey, Jeff, yeah, thanks so much. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank All you. right, bye for now. All right, again, big thanks to Jeff for being on the show. Uh, again, great catching up, great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Um, I will include uh, information and links to Recall Max and Jeff uh, in the show notes. Also, the AM through the ADOM uh, links in the podcast. So again, American uh, Association of uh, Office Managers. So again, that'll be in the show notes. So again, any questions, please uh, reach out, like, follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. Uh, any questions, happy to hear the feedback. Hope things are well, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Cheers, and bye for now.